And we're back. Hello. With another podcast. How do you say it? Uh, it's a PC. It's a podcast, baby. <laughs> Listen so, to our podcast. Welcome to the Wesley and Patrick Show. Uh, it's, um, it's what a horrible title. Yeah, I know. It's very self-absorbed, but I absolutely love it. And you know, and it's not very creative. I mean. It's not. Here's the thing, though, and I, I, I always have to have a rebuttal. Mm. Because I think that if you can't back up your art mm-hmm. with mindless good jargon, yeah, um, we are creative, and so why not do something that is very uh, take uh, easy to give to the masses? Yeah, like what? the Wesley and Patrick show. When we are the creation, we don't need to have something like effervescent <laughs> show, like or like you know, yeah, what I, mean? yeah like, I get you. Um, I, I I struggled to find a title because we could do something cliche like, um, you know, the traveling gays or two queens and a mimosa. Or yeah, that's been done. Yeah, like, I, yeah, like what's what's more real than this? Like our our fucking names. Yeah, talking about realness, I think that brings up a perfect thing. What you're what we were talking about earlier was YouTube monikers and like names and titles mm-hmm. for their YouTube channels, especially like those like Disney and the travel channels. They're always like magical, magic, magical Disney trips. And, um, yeah, the, the dev family chronicles and it, they have nothing to do with like the trip or the experience of the Disney. It's all yeah. about how they, which I'm like, okay, totally. Like, but if you just taught it like your last name trips, we would know what your channel's all about. You know, this is going to sound really kind of dickish, but I, I hate opinion vlogs. Yeah. I like vlogs that show a little bit of fact. It can be, it can lean this way or that way. I just hate like pure opinion. Like, oh, uh, like, you know, fuck this roller coaster. Cause th- like, fuck this roller coaster. Cause I'm too fat to get on it. Like, come on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, it's also like, I mean, I don't know, because you have to look at this. Like, a lot of people are watching those because they're like, oh, well, I fit on this, and which is okay, because it's like one of those body positivity sort of things. But here's the thing that I find a little, a little, like, it goes too far, is when everything that you talk about is negative, and it has nothing positive to do with the parks or do with your experience in the park. And the only thing you have to talk about are all the negative things that you can't do because of X. And it's like... That's not what your channel... Honestly, like, your channel should be about positive shit. Here's the thing. You can talk about negative things because we have a favorite channel, Shout Out Lodge Guys, and they talk about negative shit all the time. But their whole experience is... And their their channel is about them, like, enjoying life. They have a lodge. They travel. They do this. They do that. Blah, blah, blah. They... um, You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. so... And I think that comes down to this is the reality. What I was, we were mentioning before, how real you are dictates how like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, too, I think nowadays with like with the technology that we got going on, like people feel like their opinion matters. Yeah. And what the sad part is, is it only takes somebody else to agree with you to make it a thing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And like, make you feel like even more empowered. Yeah. To keep it, going. it could be some jack wagon in the middle of nowhere and it makes you feel empowered. Yeah. I just, what I hate is people don't have the ability to have their own opinion. They need somebody else to help them make theirs. It's the um, follow the leader, follow the leader yeah. mentality. Yeah. yeah. I hate here's, it. The, here's the thing. How many people do you think are leaders who are not leading? They're just regurgitating f- stuff from somebody that they followed. Well, you know, there's a, there's, you know, well, I think most people recreate in their own sauce yeah their own art so like nothing is new nothing no no the buses are not new the buses are not new the buses are not clean the <laughs> no. buses are dirty i think most things are regurgitated in somebody else's different sauce but the, the thing is is do you pay homage to that or are you are you doing that in a way that's mostly self like oh you bring up a good point for those of you who don't know so a little backstory 
a little bit about me because why not um i am a well was a professional dancer i'm a dance educator now um i still teach i mean um of course i teach but i i still uh choreograph and i take class and i perform when i have occasions so which is very very rare these days but i'm still in that world uh world of dance i'm all i'm in i'm in the mix here's the biggest thing that i realized and one of the biggest things that they teach you right out the gate especially at, at secondary um learning levels is that all the dance that you have done and will do in your life has already been done and will be done in the future nothing you do is new that's the first thing second thing in order for it to be uniquely you you have to have your own vision and you can't regurgitate somebody else's vision because all the the stuff has been used already. So you regurgitating, you know, thoughts of Martha Graham and thoughts of this person and thoughts of this choreographer or this educator doesn't necessarily make that uniquely yours. What you have to do is find all these resources that exist out there, what inspires you, what pushes you to want to dance, and then that's how you start to generate your own movement quality, your own um, ideologies about movement. You know what I mean? Like, because like, if we talk about all these old like pioneers of dance, or I'm just talking about dance for now because why not? Um, they have seen things that didn't work for them and they decided to go, you know what? I need to find ways to make this work for me. And I feel like now stepping out of that dance and into like the broader spectrum, uh, uh, the broad, you know, the world People don't know how to do that because they don't want to put in the work to actually investigate in in what they inspired by, in what they like, you know what I mean, or what they don't like. They don't want to do that work, and they would rather just get the information and regurgitate it to make themselves seem like, oh, like I knew this already, or I'm smart, or this, or that. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's called tribal knowledge, mm-hmm. right? And so I think, especially in my line of work, it's really prevalent that, you know, everyone is trying to compare themselves to each other around the same mold they feel like they should be yeah. instead of crafting their own leadership style. And it's my biggest frustration with what I do is that everyone says, well, it's worked in the past. Let's continue forward. But when in fact, it's actually not working. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's, it's, there's obviously something that's holding that back from being like the greatest thing in the world. So, I don't know. I struggle with that. That's why I tell myself I am a Swiss Army knife. I can do anything. This is I'm not like I truly feel in Are my you life. Like Daniel Radcliffe in Swiss Army, bitch. Swiss I'm Army. Daniel Day Lewis. Okay, with the acting. Okay, Ooh. I can do anything at any time. So like I I've never held onto one specific thing to say this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. Right. You know, As and, you shouldn't. And I feel bad for a lot of people because they think that that's all they can do. Yeah. Well, for a lot, especially for a lot of older people too, they don't have, I don't think that their capacity for them to think broader than what they've been doing. Like, so I used to work at X job, um, and you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, and this job had people that used to work there for 30 plus years, 40 plus years doing the same thing, packing, shipping, blah, blah, blah. And I literally had one person tell me who was my supervisor go, I don't like what I'm doing, but this is all I know how to do. And so I'm going to do this. And it's sad. It's, it's very sad. It's very sad. You know, I always think back to Andre DeShields, who is starring in Hadestown and, um, and what he said about, you know, it's never too late. You know, he got his mm-hmm. first Tony award at like 72. Amazing. You know, and he's been in so much stuff before that, but he wasn't recognized until his later years. So I don't, you know, age is a crutch those people have to get over. Mm-hmm. It's like Billy Porter, too. Billy Porter, actually, everyone knows Billy Porter, you yeah. know, Pose, you know, all these other great things. Miss Billyana. Miss Billy. Well, she has been in a ton of stuff, too, but he has really found his, his wheelhouse and his, his stride now. Um, later in life. Well, yeah. not later. He's probably in his 40s. Yeah. But late 50s. But for nobody of, knows, honestly. In, in the entertainment world, they think that's like old. Yeah. You know, they think, oh, I'm at the end of my, you know, end of my mm-hmm. whatever. But, you know, hey, I'm all about if you don't like it, go on, move on. Do something different with your life. It's not about the money, honey. It's crazy because I feel like the American society has already made us think that. Like, it's all about the coin, it's all about the dollar. And so people will. 
literally get up and go do something they fucking despise for the rest of their life and not explore any alternatives and not do anything because one, they're nervous or they're scared. I think finances become is a big reality too. But if you love something, you're going to find a way to fucking do it. Like if you love to paint and you can't afford paint, bitch, pull out that damn cardboard box that you move with. Yeah. Go up to Dollar Tree well, think and get of, them paints. Think about this. Like, you know, all these people out there are like, oh, my girlfriend, my boyfriend, this, that. And they'll like literally do anything for these people. Like, mm-hmm. Imagine putting that much attention into yourself. Yeah. You Absolutely. know what I'm saying? A hundred percent. Another incident, you know, happened to me. I'm not going to go into super details, but somebody said, well, you know, I'm kind of, you know, not going to do this because, you know, I'm really met this girl and she's blah, blah, blah. I was like, you stupid motherfucker. Mm-hmm. You are 18 years old. 18, girl. Girl, look, mm-hmm. them Barbie feet mm-hmm. up Ooh. in the eye, Ooh. they could be all over this world. It, it, this is not Ooh. it for you. That's a, You bring up a really good topic. Can I ask a question? Because it ain't that good. It isn't really not. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to start with a, with a comment. That's not a question, but go ahead. Oh, okay. Semantics much. Um, so I guess, no. Now I'll start with a question. Do you believe that we are soulmates? I don't believe in soulmates. Do you believe that we were destined to be together? No. Do you believe that there is some divine other that brought us together? No. So we just happen, happenstance met. I think it, it, relationship is cultivated, mm-hmm. right? It grows. It's organic. Right. So I believe that it's like, you know, something meeting up with something and it, organically it grows together to become something different. Right. What I'm Through photosynthesis. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a plant. You are soil. Um, but basically what I was getting at is that. Somebody, I read a quote on Facebook that was super random, but I was like, yes, absolutely. And it was like, um, there's billions of people on this planet and you think you found your soulmate in Lockton, Ohio or some shit like that. And it's like, that is true fucking words. Well, I, you know, that's such a good observation. A lot of people don't even want to admit that. Like what we just said there is hard for a lot of couples. Yeah. Because for us, it's, you know. It's all about where you're at, the time you're there. Mm-hmm. And some people would say, well, that's that's destiny. Well, no, it's you're bound to run into somebody who's going to get you stiffy. Yeah. And you're going to feel like I know for a fact, if I was over living in Mykonos, you wouldn't be the only one I was looking at, baby. <laughs> I'd be looking at them Greeks. You know what the difference is between me and the Greeks? Was that my belly? Oh. My passion, Ooh. my style, Ooh. and my talent. Uh, you want you wanted to say, uh, <laughs> wait, hold on. What is it? Uh, creativeness, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Oh, you're. What did okay. I say? I said puke. Girl, you said something. I don't know. Anyways, no, that brings up really. I just, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. No, I get it. Yeah, I think. Um, People need to just realize that there's more shit to do. Not be afraid. Take that fucking plunge. I you, I just see people you out there. You want to go to an orgy? Go to an orgy, girl. Ooh. Mama said orgy? Orgiana. Thorgy Which Thor. is also a Italian uh, soda that is featured in Disney <laughs> Parks, we just found out. And it apparently tastes like carbonated, watered-down orange juice. It's disgusting looking. It's basically a mimosa without <laughs> without the alcohol. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Oh, you know, I'm sh- there's people out there stewing in it right now. Like I'm, I'm with my baby daddy. Like he's my these two my queers don't know what the fuck they're talking about. But no, here's the thing too. Like, and I think this is another thing to to put this on because we always have to top top the cake, top the disaster with something nice, wrap it with a bow. I think this. I think you're right. From people, they have that word like destiny and like this is you and me us were destined to be together because they think that because they are so entwined with how each other work and operate because they've lived together for so long they've done the things together and so you get to learn each other's um eccentricities right that yeah make you operate together you guys work well together but that doesn't say that you couldn't work well together with somebody in england or over it if you live in nebraska and you want to go truck it to Kalamazoo, Michigan, that you wouldn't find your soulmate, quote unquote, 
as well. Yeah. I'm sure there, you've met people in your life that you um, maybe get along, maybe not get along with better, but maybe had different qualities that I don't have yeah. that, you know, but that's natural. But that's, that's, that's people like that's human. Yeah. That's like everybody well, in the you, world. I, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, enough about that. Moving on. Um, so I want to talk about something that I feel like we'd never really talk about. Um, actually, uh oh. Actually, we talk about it all the fucking time, but it's probably really boring. I just want to do a little checkup with you because if you guys don't know, we're getting ready to go on vacation. Wesley told me not to talk about it, but I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, we're getting ready to go on vacation to Florida again. Um, because yes, and um, I want to know what are you most excited for? You know, Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios is yes. is back um, for its thirtieth year um, of running, and I did not I did not dip my my pinky in in Halloween Horror Nights until 2019. So this is the second time we get to go, and I'm really excited about going. With my brother and my man, my soulmate, <laughs> girl. <laughs> Sorry, going with Pat and my brother Rick, and just experiencing that semi post. I mean, I would, don't crucify me, internet. You know, little COVID, Coviana. You know, as she starts to you know do her thing, and you know us people who are vaccinated who get to ride that bus. Hmm. Um, but you know, we get to go and experience that, and I'm just excited to be scared. Yeah, you know, be scared, scared. Like skirt, you know, you don't really fuck with haunted houses like that. I can if I'm drunk. Girl, I'm gonna make you booze up because I love me a haunted house. And but I to- can we tell about last time we boozed up? Is that too personal? Which one? Remember when we got in a big fight on the bridge? Oh no, we could talk about that. Yeah. So we got so drunk. You know, when you're so drunk, you, I get, I start to get a little bit emotional in my feels. And Pat actually goes opposite. He goes out of his feels. He's in his feels normally. And then when he gets drunk, he goes out of his feels. He's like, like I don't care about nothing, girl. I don't care about what you talk about. I don't care about what you're saying. Yeah, you a bitch. Yeah, Anyways, kind of and I kind of like. But I'm also really fun. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, yeah, something like that. And I'm like in my feels, you know. So we get into this big argument. It was something stupid. Oh, it's about walking. I remember. No, I remember because I w- got up the next morning and what, like, you talk about when we were in Florida the last yeah, time. Yeah, you was yelling at me on the bench. Rig. You was yelling at me at the bench down in the thing at 2 a.m.? Yeah. So what happened was we were walking. Yeah, piece of shit. And <laughs> that sounds very Patrick. It's very uncanny. Um, and I can't remember where you looking at other guys' asses without me or I something do that normally. Stupid. I do that normally. And yeah, and we both do it. And I think I saw you and you were like, ooh, ooh. And walk, ran, you and Rick were walking together and I was taking my sweet old time. And then I noticed you and then I was like, wow, you're going to just do that without me? <laughs> it's not, oh, you're going to do that? It's like, you're doing that without me. And then like, and, so then I just, and, then I, and then it just, I don't know what was. Like, everything you did just pissed me off. Yeah. Well, I don't I, even know, and we weren't even like arguing. We were just like, "Wow, Patrick! Well, wow, Wesley!" Well, you don't even have to be drunk to piss me off. Well, I have that talent. <laughs> Kudos and congratulations to me. Yes, Mama. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So Halloween Horror Nights is what I'm excited Halloween about. Halloween Horror Nights. Um, I'm uh, really uh, oh oh, go oh on, go queen go ghosts. <laughs> So the hardest thing about me and Pat on a podcast is us not talking over each other. Would you agree to that? I would agree. <laughs> he paused. We should get little flags and raise them up and be like, it's my turn. It's my turn, bitch. Fuck that. I'm a talk. So, no, I was kidding. <laughs> okay, let me ask you a question. Yeah. So, specifically about Halloween Horror Nights, yes. what about that event? For you. If you don't know, you, can, it, you guys can go on Universal.com, Halloween Harness, Google it. You can kind of see what it's all about. But yeah. what what is your favorite part of that experience? So right along with you, 2019 was the very first time we went to Halloween Horror Nights. I was super excited because I had I had never gone to Universal. And I know you had gone previously. And so I was just excited to like, was your one, take yeah. the trip. It was my very first time really enjoying Florida, really. I had gone to Florida before when I uh, was... In my youth, when I was a youth, I won uh, the NAACP AXO, which is like um, a competition, a science, arts, technology competition for um, 
featuring black arts, blah, blah, blah. Right? Great cause. Yes. And so I won the regionals and got sent to nationals. We went to Disney and we stayed at the, uh, like the wilderness like area. Um, but it was, I was just there for the conference and for the competition. So I didn't get to do like the parks. I didn't get to see any of that. Like we stayed in the room, we went to the conference, we went home. So us traveling in 2019 to this event, I mean, to uh, Halloween Horror Nights was kind of like the pinnacle for it. The thing that I love, and this is a good segue into it, the thing that I love about Halloween Horror Nights is the atmosphere. Mm. It was fabulous. They introduced the smoke. They introduced, so at Halloween Horror Nights, they have not just obviously the houses which most people are there for they bring in a bunch of intellectual properties or ips which i didn't know that initial stood for but go off um so they bring a bunch of intellectual properties like maybe like four or five of them and that'll be like um the hondika hill house chucky whatever universal has bought rights to and what they have they'll make houses according to that and then they also do like their icons. So they have icons that are solely featured at Halloween Horror Nights and they get houses. So, but what I love more is something else that they do, which I think people don't know is the scare zones. There's four or five (laughs) different zones you walk through to go to the houses. And each zone has maybe like two or three houses in there. I think there's five zones because there's 10 houses, right? Yeah. So each zone has two houses, but the zones are separate from the houses and they're all, they're fabulous. So when you like, uh, I don't know, I don't want to go and tell the houses for this year because I want people to find out for themselves, but the experience that you go through honestly, for me, feels scarier sometimes than the actual houses. Absolutely. You know what I mean? What I love about it is, one, they can't touch you, which is a big big go for me because, you know, bitch got problems. Um, And then... It's it's that atmosphere, and then you're in a theme park at night, which is something. And the, all the lights are off. Yes, all the lights are off, and so like it's it's just spooky, ooky, ooky. Yeah, you know, I, I love that. I mean, all the lights are off, so like all the storefronts. I mean, they have some of the storefront yeah. lights. They have obviously the lights that they put up for this for Halloween Horror Nights, but like all the major lights, like the the lights that pretty much light the park. You'll you'll see like rides riding in the dark. Uh, you'll see. Like little odds and ends, like the lamp posts are all off. And, and I have to say, um, when we go, we talk about Halloween Horror Nights. We have mm-hmm. to talk about when you go into a house. And I have to tell you, I am the biggest bitch. So what I do is, I usually put Pat in front of me. <laughs> so we'll take turns like leading, yeah, like leading through the house. But I usually try to be in the back because I'll let Pat get the scare before me when they jump out because <laughs> I am that girl. Would I sacrifice him in that situation? Absolutely, girl. I mean. I would go off. Hey, doggy dog world, bitch. (laughs) But here's the thing. I love, I love that. And I'm kind of like perturbed about it. You know, Kovisha has just reared her ugly hair. Miss Koviana, uh, Miss, uh, I heard another one, uh, Covillery, which is like (laughs) Like Hillary, but you heard that on like a Trump website. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So Covillery is just ruining us. They have now all the haunted houses are going to have plexiglass. And so normally, like, we walk through the house and the actor actually, like, jumps out into your walk zone so that you, like, get the jump scare. It, it's still fucking scary. Here's the thing, too. I think when we, because in 2020, they didn't have haunted, they didn't have, we went to Florida again, but they didn't have. HHM. Hall, no, they didn't have Halloween Horror Nights, unfortunately, but. Because Universal's freaking amazing, they were like, you know, what? we're going to do this thing that's kind of unorthodox that we need to just put something on because we want you guys to keep coming back and giving us your money, pretty much. Also, like, I feel like they missed out on all the opportunities for them selling their merch and, you know, so they had a bunch of shit. Anyway, they had three houses they put up. There was only two when we went and they had the plexiglass up. But what I think that they did, if you... If I remember correctly, all of the jump scares, where the jump scares would be, the music that's playing in the house was heightened by like 40. So like those little moments, it'll be like, dun, 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 dun. and then out of nowhere, bah! no, bitch, they turn the lights down in those areas too. And they're super low. They turn the lights down so you couldn't see the fucking plexiglass. shit. When yeah. that, that tooth fairy bitch and you heard the teeth clank, clanging and clacking, yeah. that scared the, the, look. That was good. My, my, my pussy fell off. 
No puss. No puss. I was scared to death. Yeah, no, that and was And you know, great. I'm a fat bitch. Everything jiggles when I jump. I loved it. Ooh, mama. Girl, that... And, so, the thing that I think I'm going to really like, yes, plexiglass sucks because I want to see, like, all the work that the artist put into building the yeah, character. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, you know, and I really... Being an artist, I just really love that stuff, you know? <sighs> but what I love about them having the plexiglass... Is they have to increase how much they're scaring so they can beat on the wall. And remember, a scare is sensory. Yes, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Anything that's like trying to get you to evoke an emotion has to be sensory. Absolutely. And I think Universal is doing an amazing job. I can't, I'm so excited for this year. You know, a lot of people, you know, I'm sure they think, why do we go back every year? It's just, it's such an, it's an atmosphere thing. Yeah. You know, we are atmosphere girls. Yeah. We've said that thousands of times on here. You know, what it's kind of mean to you atmosphere. Well, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna kind of switch switch the focus here. Yeah, go for it. When I got to go to Galaxy's Edge for the first time, <sighs> so Diana. Pat can tell you when I walked under the bridge. Like, I'm gonna set the scene for you. I had this different preconceived notion of Hollywood Hollywood Studios. So last time I went, I was at the Indiana Jones st- Spectacular. How old were you? Oh shit! You know what? Probably, in all honesty. I, I went with Patty and Devin. I, I so I was probably in college, early wow. early twenties. But yeah, um, stunt spectacular. There wasn't much there. It's all shows. Blah blah blah. You know, back then I wasn't in the Toy Story. Yeah. So yeah. when they built Galaxy's Edge, and we got to go last year, yeah. And I walked under that tunnel, and my ass emerged into Galaxy's Edge. I was at the edge of the motherfucking galaxy, <laughs> right? <laughs> And that atmosphere in there from, you know, the wall paintings to the, the droids to all of that, the characters walking around, everything had its place. Everything set a mood and a tone. And when I tell you that I shed a little tear a little bit when walking onto the Millennium Falcon for the, for the first time, riding the rides, Smuggler's Run. That's atmosphere, bitch. That, look, I just, my little body... <laughs> I'm a skinny queen. My little body shivering. Skinny as a needle. <laughs> it's just it was something that you experience for the first time, and you can never get that back again. Yeah, no, you know. But here's the thing: you can, and that's. Oh, the, I'm going to well, on Monday. And here's the thing too: once you, I, I, I think I know what you're talking about. The same thing, just how you are, because you grew up with Star Wars. I think I was way too young for Star Wars. You know, we have a large age gap between us and gay years, like. <sighs> Three years is actually like 15. okay, bitch. Okay, three years apart is actually fifteen years apart in gay years. So we're actually like ahead of the curve. Um, we're like ancient gays. <laughs> Not no, ancient. like I, you know, like I, like on a serious, you know, I just wasn't into the Star Wars. I wasn't into the. Um. Yeah, I was into the Harry Potter's though, and I got when we went to Universal in 2019. Wesley and his brother Rick can account to this. We. I walked into that into the room. I was had my camera out, and I don't even think I took a like a still video. Like I was like looking around too much because I was so enthralled by how intense. Like it really felt like I stepped into Diagon Alley. Yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent. Between like all the cast, so uh, the team member they don't have cast, but they have team members at Universal. I have to, to separate. So all the team members they walk around in there in their uniforms, but their uniforms are actual costumes from diagonally um the the music that's playing over the speakers the little the 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 british bitch that speaks to you just everything is immersive and so like you said like walking into galaxy's edge yeah Yeah. i'm not me not even being a star wars fan was taken aback at how much fucking detail how much attention the cast members, the character actors. Um, my favorite part was obviously the ride that we, the rise of the resistance. However, that little show that they put on with the Darth, with Darth Vader and, and the, uh, okay. So it's Kylo Ren. It wasn't Kylo Ren and the first order. Then the first order. Okay. okay. Thank you very much for helping me out. Um, but that, even that I was, Hey, like, Hey, Hey, this is why we're not soulmates, by the this way. This is a show like this. Is, well, we soulmates ain't got to like the same shit beach. I bet you if they had a scary movie land, you would Ooh, be in there. Go to bed. <laughs> I, 
I just, you know, we drank blue milk was an epic fucking disaster yeah. for me. Um, so, you know, it's just different feels about going. We yeah. always end up talking about Florida in our experience, but it comes back to the atmosphere and why we go back every year. And right now we don't have no children. We don't have no children. We don't got no kids. We ain't got no kids. So guess what? It's about us, bitch. Let's transition and talk about that. Cause I think that's a topic that we kids. Yeah. Yeah. Are you ready for, for ready for chillings? We're already half an hour into this. Um, we, we ain't got that much time left. All right. I feel that. Fucking kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, I told, I, I get what you're saying. We, we're at this moment in our life. I feel like eventually, like, that's something we will talk about, and it's been on our table. We've pushed it all the way back, like old laundry, and it's in the back of the back of the back of the closet at the moment. Um, how I was for a very, very long time in my life, but I was still jumping rope. <laughs> um <laughs> But no, at this point in our lives, like, I'm just ready to do the things. I'm ready to see the trips. You know what? When it comes to trips, we've done Florida a lot because there's shit for us to go to. Yeah. I think we need to go out west. I think H- we need to just bike Hitting out west go. on a horse. Yeah. yeah. Running into Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. It's actually Los Angeles. Oh God! <laughs> Out west sounds fun. You know, yeah. I t- to be that girl, mm-hmm. I want to be like, oh, let's transition from Florida and California, and let's, mm. let's do the parks out in California. I mean, I guess that could be fun. I think we should like eventually do that, but I don't know. I, we like Florida weather, even though it rains yeah. just randomly. It'll I, just be a beautiful day, and then droplets just start. Pouring down on you. I love being around closeted Republicans all day. That's quite true. Yeah, that's a lie. Yeah. You know, whatever. Anyways. Not even closeted Republicans, just like closeted. <laughs> because I've seen quite a few. Through. Say a lot through. Democrats, probably. I don't know. I don't know their political status. But family, wives, kids. And then they give my little, took us a little, mm, when I turn back around. Oh, God. I don't think so. Maybe I just have an overactive imagination. You? Yeah. Absolutely. Wow, you really aren't my soulmate. You're supposed to hype me up, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So um, we are heading to Florida, obviously. Um, We get to leave tomorrow? Tomorrow. It's tomorrow? It's tomorrow. We leave. Um, The only thing that I'm not really looking forward to, but I do think that it's the integral part of our trip, obviously, because we didn't get fucking air tickets um plane tickets is the drive i'm not looking forward to but i think it's integral because every time we have our trip our drive we have so much fun like and not fun in the way that like we like driving we're we're both very i mean i'm very mediocre at it you're very good at driving but i think that we find ways to keep ourselves entertained that it doesn't feel like a chore yeah well the thing about driving and you know i go back and forth like we flew last year was a fucking disaster but um you know i like to drive because i can bring my shit like you know, we can bring Absolutely. we can bring the coffee maker, we can bring the air fryer, you know, just some things to kind of keep it where you're not literally spending all this money. Yeah, you know, then you can drive out like a Walmart and get you some. Because you know. if you think about it, I think the most expensive trip that we've gone, like we we spend we spend money when we're there. Yeah. But last trip we went when we flew, we spent money, money, bitch, like money that we remember that six hundred dollar bill at the at the pool. Don't even remind me. Mm. I, you know, money, money, money. No, what's that Mama Mia song? Um, give me, give me, give me a man after midnight. That's ABBA, but yeah. What'd I say? Um, money, money, money. But just, I think that's also another ABBA song, but I can't remember. You know, ABBA's back. <gasps> Are you, you serious? Did you see this? No. So ABBA's back. And they did it all virtual. They, they all put on like three <gasps> in their, like their old bodies. And they're, they're making a new album. Stop. It's going to be the bop. I love ABBA. I used to hate them. Tell you what song actually really got me loving ABBA. Mm. Not Xanadu. Everybody, no, because that's not That's, a, not, that's ABBA. not ABBA. That's um, Homegirl. Olivia Newton-John yes. for you queers out but there. But no, um, I loved um, Zan, uh, uh, ABBA from... Uh, He's thinking. Nah, nah. 
At Waterloo, Napoleon did surrender. Waterloo. Waterloo. <laughs> Didn't Cher do Waterloo? She, had she a, did. She did an ABBA album. She did. I don't think she did. She do an album. I don't know. I don't know. So I have to look that one up for the for the last little bit here. I want to talk about RuPaul's Drag Race All Star Season Six. Absolutely. Let's go for okay, it. Okay. Here's why. I know we're transitioning to something, but it reminded me every time I hear ABBA and every time I hear Mamma Mia. I think of Cher. When I think of Cher, I think of Chad Michaels. When I think of Chad Michaels, I think of RuPaul. That's where that, that's where that line of thought When I think of RuPaul, I think of Benji. <laughs> Benji. I think of Trixie and Katya. I live for Trixie and Katya. So I want to talk and ask your opinion. Yes. So All-Star Season 6, we had Ginger Minj. We yeah. had um, Raja. We had Eureka. Not, not original season one Raja. No, we had Raja from season everything. 13. Then we had Eureka again. And then we had Miss Kylie. Kylie Sunnyclove. Love. Yes. So those are our top four. Yes. Um, do you think it was time for a trans winner of RuPaul's Drag Race? Um, it's always been time for a trans winner. For, I agree. For, yeah. Here's the thing. I think it's really hard for people to break away from what they know. We've talked before, right? The thing that's really hard, I think, in the queer community is finding ways of accepting a lot of other people, even though we're all in the same community. And maybe maybe this is like not be what you're thinking. But I feel like, there's certain stereotypic things that have existed in the gay community, in the queer community, specifically with gay men, that has separated the L, the G, the B, the T, and the Q. Like, we are a thing, but there always has been, like, little doors in between each one. And I think it was it has been way too long. Those doors needed to be, like, thrown away. And the drag especially the drag door be opened and like fulfilled because it's the thing the thing i'm getting the thing i think i'm getting to is rupaul has done so much fucking work for the drag community whether or not that work is good or bad i think that's not the conversation right now because i feel like drag queens will, will say otherwise and i feel them we won't get into that but i do think what she has done for drag is great because you look at her old career Blah, blah, blah. That being said, RuPaul's old drag mentality was that men dressing up as women for entertainment and frivolity is her niche and what she's popularized and what she's gotten into. And I think that has separated all the other B, the T, the L, the plus I, A people who want to participate in the drag experience because drag is an art form, right? We've already said drag is an art and art should be for everybody has separated that because it was in his eyes exclusive to gay men. And so, yes, the door for drag winners to be other than gay men is necessary. You know, I kind of have to look at my own perception of trans people uh, growing up and how I viewed trans people. And I'm going to be honest with you. I was very ignorant and like most people are very ignorant in that type of that atmosphere. You know, it wasn't until very recently where I started to understand that side of the queer community and start to really look at it as being something that wasn't such a fringe part of the community because yeah. it's not it's it's such a huge part and it's just you know queer people and gay gay people gay men specifically you know i'm not trying to call everybody out but are sometimes the, some of the worst people i've ever met yeah you know and you know from a racist perspective from a transphobia perspective i mean just from a phobia across the gamut yeah. i mean it's it's pretty terrible that somebody who lives a a lifestyle that's considered marginalized air quotes yeah you know and, and we we still have those biases and you know i was guilty of that myself mm-hmm. you know and i'm calling myself out but I think as I start to learn more about it, I, I become um, very 
trans champion. And yeah. I feel, you know, and the sad part is I can probably say that I would be uncomfortable around a trans person years ago. Now that's not the case. I, it doesn't, I'm, I'm neither here nor there, Yeah, you know? And I think that's part of growth. And to, to kind of summarize what I'm getting at is I think RuPaul went through that transition as well. I yeah. think, I think he was very, you know, I, I, I'm sure he was surrounded by a lot of that, Yeah, but you know, it's all about growth. Yeah. You know, and it's all about learning and being, changing the way that you have been to be something better. Absolutely. You know, and so I think that that's, I think when Kylie won RuPaul's Drag Race, I think it's kind of solidified that there is a spot for trans people. There is that door. Yeah. I think, yeah. you know, it, 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 they're valued. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're truly valued. Here's the, here's the, here's the, the thing that I agree with what RuPaul is doing, right? His platform is for drag the art form. The art form, yes. Yeah. There's multiple different forms of drag. I want to put that out there. Drag exists as an art form on different levels. One of the big topics that come up when it comes to drag specifically is should RuPaul open the door to drag kings? And I think no. Okay. The only reason why I think no is because RuPaul's drag art form extends to drag women. Okay. And if somebody wants to do a show for drag kings then that's their show. But I don't think RuPaul needs to open the door for drag kings because women want to um, walk through the spaces or 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 people want to walk through the spaces in order for them to drag as kings. You know, I don't want to be crucified for this. And I, I think you, you hit the mark. I think you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Right? I, we can't and we shouldn't um, judge people's artistic expression and people's art and creation based off of the idea that everyone has an equal space within yeah. that. Because at that point, what you're doing is we're crafting things to fit a mold or to fit in a certain way yeah. so that everyone ha – but then again, you're losing the individuality and the art behind it. Right. It's kind of like this. You know, you know, Pat is, you know, he's an artistic director of a ballet company and he has a specific vision about he wants to create a ballet. Now, this is all off the top of yeah, my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's set in the 1960s and it's about race. It's about, it's about how black people overcame adversity. Yeah, yeah. Now, he's, that's the ballet. Yeah, he's, he's getting, he's getting people knocking on his door and saying, well, you can't just cast black actors. Everyone needs to have a say. Well, no. No, you can't. You can't effectively tell the story of what you're trying to get at mm -hmm. by casting people who are not part of that, that, that craft. And I think you make a great point, and you bring up a little anecdote that I think <laughs> needs to be said to lay the icing on the cake. So, picture it. Chicago, 2000 and I think it was 14. No, 15. Because like I had Golden definitely Girls. met you. Um, so, 2015, right before we moved to Texas, I... Got an audition for The King and I mm. at Lyric Opera in Chicago. And to get an audition just by itself is like a feat because you have to like submit shit. You have to like pre-auditions and videos, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so I got an audition. Well, I go through the audition. Of course, you make it through because if you're at a certain technical level, you'll make it through to the end. And I started noticing who they were like getting rid of as the show, I mean, as the audition and lyric operas auditions are brutal. I mean, any like professional, major professional opera house or ballet company, like the audition experience is brutal and you just live with it. And like, that's the reality because they're here for a certain thing. They know what they're looking for. And like, that's, that's it. And that's okay. But here's the thing that got me what I should have known. And I should have walked my happy black ass up out of there was the King and I takes place where Siam and Siam. I don't think there's five, six black men, <laughs> little gay black men running around in Siam. There could be. Um, I should have known when at the last moment, and you know, I'll do a ton. People would literally do a tondu or do two steps of a move and then they'll have a, okay, stop the music. And then she'll just walk around. You, you can, you can go, you can go. Thank you very much. You can go, you can, you, you can. And I noticed I was like one of three other people. There was a, a white guy, uh, a white girl and me. And then all the rest of the cast were of Asian descent. Mm. And 
and I'm only saying of Asian descent because I don't know they could have been right, fucking right, right, from right. Florida. You know what I mean? So I don't want to bring nationality into it, but they were definitely of Asian descent. Um, from you know, honestly, stereotypic views of what Asian descent is, right? So I should have known this, notice, and I should have been like, oh, okay. Girl, I stayed to the last damn moment, and then I was the only person standing there looking crazy in front of all these other, and mind you, all women. So I should have right. known, like, and I think they were trying to be nice, like, not trying to, like, okay, bitch, pump it. But they had to kick me out, girl, because I was going to stay to the end, sis. You, and that I was bring, trying to get that role. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of throw something at you different, where it's kind of, re- it's a reverse situation. Yeah. You know, so... By right, that artistic director can say, you know, I'm doing the king and I, you're very talented, but you're just not who we're looking for. Yeah. Right. On the flip side of that, we are making decisions, especially let's, the the 2000. Oh, I'm going to get the year wrong. Could this be a Wesley moment in the 2001 production? I could be wrong on the year uh-huh. of I eat on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Elton John musical, they casted all white people to play, um, uh, so they casted Adam Pascal to play Radame, which is uh, an Egyptian prince. Yeah. They cast uh, Sherry Renee Scott to play his um, soon-to-be wife. She was also Egyptian. They cast Heather Headley okay, mm. to play the Nubian princess. Mm-hmm. Okay, of you know she's a black woman, yeah, African uh, African American woman. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people back then didn't think anything about it, but recently. One of the actors who was in the chorus, uh, she uh, a black actress, mm-hmm. she said, "Well, we none of these people were white, yeah, in in at, at, in this time." And like I want to historical, cre- fiction. Yeah. yeah, and I want to create a piece around historical accuracy when it comes to this piece. Yeah. So, I, my question to you is: Is it okay? Do you feel it's okay to to cast roles like that? Um, like say, let's look at the original Broadway cast with some white actors to play people from like Egypt or whatever. How do you feel about that from a creative perspective? Um, here's the thing. I, being an artist, I have a very broad view. And I think as a person, you should have a very broad view. I think you need to look at the art from different scopes. One is a talent scope. Are you looking at the pure talent of the person, white race, nationality, color, etc.? disregard it and you're looking like the bitch got pipes he can dance she can dance etc 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 right um are you looking at from a historical lens well this is set in the 1960s in ghana the 1940s in ghana for like an apartheid type you know what i mean same thing goes if there was a play about russians in the 1940s and it's a, a play about you know you know, Nazism, I don't think you're going to find many black people cast in that show. So that from a historical standpoint. And so I think it needs to have both of those lenses melding together to find what is right. And then here's the last piece of it is from an artistic scope, the creation. When somebody's creating the work, what's the intent behind it? Is it from a historical lens? Is it from a purely, you know, I need to get this lineage right and I need to find people that look quote unquote, look like what I believe or do I need to cast people because I know that they can sing or dance this part? I, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's, it's a very fine line to dance, yeah. you know, I, and I'm almost to a point to where, you know, I believe the person that's creating that or who, who, who crafted that ultimately gets to make that decision, yeah, but they also have to live with the consequences Ooh, of something. Of that action. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, so, I, you know, I, I think of Hamilton mm-hmm. when I think of this, right? And you've got a couple minutes left, but I think of Hamilton with this. You know, the whole point of this was to put, you know, a, a, a different lens on the founding fathers. Now, there's yeah. so many people who are against Hamilton, um, f- especially people of color who feel like it's a betrayal of, yeah. you know, you know that whole aspect. Yeah. But then there's also people saying, well, I think it's great that we're we're introducing these ideas of the founding fathers in a different light. Yeah. Right? And I kind of side with the, the latter of that yeah. myself personally, but I think that as we create things, it's truly up to the, the creationist in that sense to make that decision. And I, I'm going to be honest. I feel uncomfortable sometimes when I see people in roles where I feel like it's, it's, it's not meant for them. It's, it's a good example, not to ramble and rant mm-hmm. is when they cast a white guy to play Martin Luther King Jr. Mm. In that play. 
mm. right? Because, you know, that's the best actor they had at the time to play the role. Mm. I don't believe that that's okay. Absolutely not. You know, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like to me, it, that, that it goes against everything that, that I, you know, that again, I'm not the creationist of yeah. that, but I, I, I don't know. Like it, it's such a tough rope to climb. It's yeah. like, what if Julie Taymor, um, who uh, made Lion King on Broadway, yeah. casted all white actors to be in the Lion King? Yeah. Interesting. How would you feel and about not, that? And not saying that there aren't white people in Africa, but you're right. talking about the savannah. You're talking about the, the plains, right? And here's the thing too. The an, they're anima, anapomorphic fucking animals. But, and, and I think this is the tricky thing is here. You look at, for me, if there's white people cast, there's white people cast, right? If the whole cast is white, then that's an issue. Representation. Because representation matters. You're talking about Africa, and there's not a single African person. And here's the thing. They're all animals. Now, would you do the same thing if you were doing a play on Broadway? Like, let's say Disney was doing, oh, they do have plays on Broadway, of Beauty and the Beast. And they Beauty and the Beast went on Broadway for Disney, and they only cast black people to deal with France in the 1920s. But I'm going to be honest. 1910s. I'm going to be honest. I don't think it's the same. I do. Well, here's I, why. Yeah. It's kind of like this. So um, let's th- let's talk Frozen, for example. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. They cast a African-American male to play Kristoff. Okay. On Broadway. Absolutely. The original, the original Broadway cast. Yeah. People lost their shit. Absolutely. Lost their shit. Right. They're like, Kristoff is, is white. Disney comes back and says, it's fucking animated. Yeah. It's a cartoon. It, it's a made-up world. True. Arendelle does not exist, white folks. Yeah. I'm sorry. No. You know, so for me, I, I agree with you on Lion King, 100%. You know, you can't have, you know, all that going. And people. then, they're all African. They're all Africans. All right. But then you have Simba coming out, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Who's the guy from Mba? He, he come out. From the Hanson guys? Yeah. A Hanson. <laughs> Chris I like. Hansen? I had a crush on Hanson. Hi, this is Chris Hansen. No, that's the the to catch a predator. Hi, sit down. What were you doing? Uh, yeah, right. That'll be a different Lion King. I tell you that. <laughs> um. So you know that's kind of where I stand with it. And, you know, we can. I can talk about that for hours, but we don't have time. We don't have time. But it's okay. It's been lovely talking to you, friends, and we hope to hear uh, see you guys. I was gonna say hear you guys again, but see and talk to you guys soon. And yeah, we'll let you know all the shit. The plans. I think the plans to do one of these in Florida. That's the goal. I mean, I'm not gonna make it my top priority. Um, Shade. I actually, really don't like you guys that much. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I um, am focusing on my lux- uh, luxuriating uh, at the, at the poo. Relaxing is what yeah. he's trying to say. Absolutely. All right, friends. Well, that, that's it for us. And uh, we'll, we shall be talking to you very, very soon. Bye. Jesus Christ. <laughs>